Hi, you are listening to the Fab and Flawed Podcast, the podcast for folks like me who are just trying to get their shit together, live a little bit healthier, and find a little bit more balance in life. From kicking negative thoughts over our heads to kicking ass, we've got this. Hey, we all have baggage, so let's unpack it together. Hey there, my Fab and Flawed friends. Welcome to episode number four. I'm your host, Jen Rowe, co-founder of The Running Group, from Fat to Finish Line, life coach, fan of trashy reality television shows, and seeker of trying to have less stress and mess and more peace and balance in my life. I'll let you know how that goes. And speaking of mess, so 10 minutes ago or so, I'm trying to figure out what I should talk about today. Now, I've brainstormed about 2,000 topics over the last few months, but you know how it is. Nothing was jumping out at me. Then I looked down at my lap, and what was there but a giant ass bag of Cape Cod barbecue potato chips. I know I shouldn't be eating them, especially out of the bag mindlessly. I know better than this, and damn it, I usually don't even bring them home because chips are just one of those foods that I have a really hard time controlling myself with. So as I'm brushing away the crumbs, it occurs to me, I think we should talk about why do we lose motivation to fall through on our goals. I know I'm not alone with struggling with falling face first into a bag of chips or a pint of ice cream from time to time while trying to lose weight. I mean, I don't know about you, but I really, really want to achieve my goals. So what the fuck? Anyway, there are lots of reasons why we tend to peter out before our finish lines. And today I'm going to go into a few of the reasons why this happens to me. Maybe it happens to you too. And then I'll give you a couple of ways that I've turned things around. Number one, you got to look at the goal in question and ask yourself, why the hell am I doing this in the first place? I think a lot of us set certain goals because we think we should. For example, you might for some reason think you should meditate or you should exercise or you should be vegan. I don't know. But don't get me wrong. Some of these things we should do. We should do a lot of things in life. But unless you have a great reason and a strong why, these things just aren't going to happen. Your reason and your why is what anchors you. My whole life I've struggled with barbecue potato chips, cheeseburgers, Chinese food, and you know, just about anything not nailed down. I like food. Um, And I've been on and off diets for most of my adult life. And you know the drill. I would be able to lose a few pounds or even get to goal, but inevitably, I would gain the weight back. Looking back to many of those early times of losing weight, I realized the reason I'd gained my weight back was because I never had a super strong why. My why was always vague, like, I don't know, to look better in some jeans or be a smaller size. As a 20 and an early 30-year-old, I never even considered health. Looking good just wasn't a strong enough magnet to hold me out goal. And while I was losing weight, I had an almost something to prove attitude. So that might have been a motivator. But once I proved I could lose the weight, I was left without a really strong reason why to stay there. And sure as shit, my weight would just creep back up. When I was pregnant with my son, Ben, I was still, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I was living under a rock or what, but I was ignorant about how bad my food choices really were. Maybe I was in denial. I don't know. Even though I knew fast food and eating out wasn't the best for me, I still didn't think it would be that big of a deal health-wise. I guess I was still youngish. So when I got pregnant, all attempts to eat normally went right out the window. I had up to that point at least tried to keep a half an eye on not being a tall, crazy 
food food person eating over the top, but they all went out the window. I mean, I was pregnant. Here was my chance to eat like an asshole and eat all the fried chicken, biscuits, bacon, chased with a milkshake that I wanted. I mean, my dumbass thinking was, hey, I'm pregnant. What difference does it make? I'm going to be fat anyway. It's food party time. Well, that was a huge mistake. I developed gestational diabetes during pregnancy and went well over the 250-pound mark when, by the time I gave birth. I ate with reckless abandon and wound up in a heap of shit as a new mom. Not soon after having been... I found a few very important whys, though. I was terrified of getting diabetes, and I wanted to be a healthy mom. I now had a kid to live for, and I felt like I kind of owed it to him to get my shit together. Also, I hated how physically hard it was for me to move. In the past, I was always chunky, but I never had problems with my knees or moving. Now it was really hard for me to even get in and out of cars. And when I flew on planes, I spilled into other people's seats, and that was very awkward. Excuse me, sir, I'm sorry I'm rubbing my hips with you. And then I was dangerously close to having to get that extender belt. I saw a horrible future if I didn't turn it around. It wasn't about having a smaller ass. The stakes were so much higher. I was finally able to lose weight because I had an extremely strong why. And then once I found running, my why on eating better got even stronger. I wanted to eat healthy, clean foods that supported my running and gave me fuel. The stronger my why became, the more successful I was. I was able to keep most of my weight off for a pretty long time. When your why is strong, you will find ways to keep your eyes on the prize. What's interesting, however, is your why sometimes changes. And if it doesn't, you have to work on cultivating another why. If your why was originally to lose weight to get off diabetes medication, and you've been off the medications for a long, long time, that why might lose its luster. It's really important to not let that part get too far away from you or the slide back can happen. Trust me on this one. Another reason why we lose sight of our goals is we allow our inner toddler to call the shots without challenge. This is really easy to do. I found myself drinking alcohol every night. I could go nights without drinking, but usually I didn't want to. Eventually, I made a goal to curb my drinking or stop altogether. I knew it would be better for my weight loss, getting up early to run, my wallet, and my poor liver. But every time I set the goal, I'd get sidetracked. Every evening that at that witching hour, my inner toddler would wake up and say, Woohoo, it's the end of the day. Time to treat yourself. It's reward time. Give me my mama juice. This started for me when Ben was just a few months old. It was a couple glasses of wine here and there. It was a couple times a week. It may have been uh, the way I celebrated a long run or rewarded myself after finishing a tough day at work. But it became a habit, and over time, I drank more and more often. In the last year or so, I realized that was becoming a nightly thing. The toddler would override any voice of reason I had about not drinking that night. The toddler would whine, but I want it, please. And if I didn't give in, the whines would turn into tantrums. So like a frazzled parent, I let that inner toddler win. I didn't challenge the toddler. I didn't put the toddler in time out. I was just too exhausted to fight. And wow, I wanted it. Take your baba and leave mommy alone. I need a break. End of mental discussion. But there was always a price to pay. I felt guilty for not following through with the goals I had set for myself. And 
By the way, I was a shitty parent to this inner toddler. The toddler was ruling the roost and running amok. I mentioned in an earlier podcast, I worked with Rachel Hart from the Take a Break podcast and coaching program. Her program is for women who feel they drink just a little too much, but who aren't alcoholics. I felt like that might be me, so I signed up. Now, my inner toddler got even grumpier just over the thought of signing up. What, are you kidding me? 30 days of no drinking? Are you freaking out of your mind? We're in a pandemic. What the fuck is wrong with you, lady? Now's the time to drink more, not take a break. I mean, who quits drinking during a plague? Wah, 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 wah. Toddler went into full tantrum mode. I was able to quiet down that toddler by just making a promise with it that if the program was too tough, we could always quit. Now, your toddler might not be interested in martinis. Uh, that came out wrong. If your actual toddler wants martinis, like your toddler toddler, you have bigger problems than I can help you with. I meant your inner toddler might not give a crap about booze, but, you know, maybe your toddler wants ice cream or to stay up too late or to blow off workouts or to ignore the sink full of dishes, whatever. We have to remember to be the grown-ups in the relationship. If we want to get shit done and work towards our goals, we have to be the boss. Toddlers don't have long-term thinking. They don't have goals other than what's happening in the moment. Toddlers don't know about the future. All they know is what they want, and they want it now. The third thing that can fuck with our goals is fear. Take, for example, the drinking for me. Obviously, like Anyone looking at a goal like this, I was scared of a bunch of things. Number one is failing. It would totally suck to plunk down $200 on a quit drinking program and fail. I would hate losing the money, but worse, my stinking thinking would definitely spiral to a place of shame and fuck, I'm a failure again. I was afraid that I would hate every minute of not drinking, that life would become boring or I would feel deprived. But I was also pretty scared of succeeding. What if people judged me for not drinking with them? What if I didn't have fun at a party ever again? What if I discovered I could never drink again? All of the friggin' what ifs. Your brain has to deal with all this shit being thrown its way and fear will stand in the way of our goals every time. It also likes to play with our minds. P.S. When it came to uh, quitting drinking for a month, I wasn't bored or deprived when I stopped drinking because I learned to manage my mind and the way I approached alcohol overall changed. I will have a whole different episode about managing alcohol at some point because what I learned in that course truly blew my mind and it was a life-changing experience. Finally, when it comes to fear though, I think because we have a fear of failure in the big picture and maybe a skepticism about actually achieving the goal, we are likely to fuck it up in the small picture. Does that make any sense? Uh, like deep down, perhaps you truly don't believe you're ever going to get to your weight loss goal. Say you have to lose 100 pounds. Maybe you've tried to lose this weight, you know, a zillion times before. If you have, your deep, deep subconscious mind doesn't even believe you anymore. It's kind of like, uh, what's the point? Like, you know, might as well not pass on the French fries right now. Might as well have a little bit more ice cream. It's not like we're ever going to really get there. And I feel like that subconscious part is a big driver. It's almost like the boy who cried wolf. Parts of your brain doesn't really believe you. So you might as well order some lo mein and call it a day. I mean, even if you jump up and down and you say, but this time it's for real, I'm losing the weight. Why should it believe you? Why should your brain believe you? It might sound crazy, but it happens 
kids all the time. Because we hold ourselves back from dreaming big and fully buying into our goals as a reality, we fuck up the little goals that will actually bring us closer to the bigger goal. And then that becomes a vicious cycle. If you don't have a strong why and you're not closely monitoring that inner toddler, the fear and even the subconscious sabotage could really stand in the way of your goals. So what do we do? Well, when it comes to your why, you really need to think about this and think hard. Have a deep conversation about it with a trusted friend, a life coach, a therapist, your journal, the guy next door. I don't care. But it cannot be a one second off the top of your head thing. I mean, it can be, but you have a way better chance of success if you're really willing to deep dive into this. Obviously, one reason or why you might have if you're trying to quit drinking or lose weight or exercise is to be healthier. Yes. But to just say, I want to lose weight to be healthy might not be enough. You need a deeper dive. You need to know why not getting to your goal is serving you as much as getting to your goal serves you. For example, with drinking, I had to acknowledge every reason why I thought drinking served me. From being what I perceived as funnier, to being a part of the gang, to thinking I needed it to relax, to wanting a reward, to being scared of feeling deprived. I had to journal all of the things I was gaining to understand how to combat that. After all that, I challenged everything. I wrote out and got curious with questions. Why did I think it was funnier when I was drinking? Why did I think alcohol was a a reward? And all this helped me to drill down to my big whys on why I was taking a break from drinking. It was deep work, but it was super worthwhile work. And it didn't take me much more than 20 or 30 minutes a day. I'll put some of my journaling on this on my website so you can see as an example uh, my own journey there. So what I do after I have my whys, I take my whys and I write them on index cards I stick all over my house. I meditate on them, even if it's only for a minute or two. Every day on my why, I remind myself, I see my life better with my goal in mind. When my life coaching classes got hard or I wanted to chuck my computer out of the window for trying to design the website or edit a podcast for this new venture, my whys for doing this were right in front of me at all times and it always brought me back on track. If my inner toddler is having a tantrum, I now take a moment to question the toddler. I don't just grab a glass of wine or ice cream anymore. I'm the adult. I don't have to give in to a whining kid just because he's upset and stamping his feet. Is it a pain in the ass? You bet. But so is having a real toddler, and most of us have to deal with it. If you don't have kids, by the way, imagine having to deal with the most annoying kid you've ever seen in a restaurant, but loving that kid and being responsible for it anyway. Anywho, put it this way. Why do most toddlers get upset? It's usually because they're looking for a need to be met, or they're scared, or they need a little attention, or they're tired. And instead of just shoving a piece of candy or whatever at your inner toddler just to shut them up, how about taking a minute to figure out what the need is? If your inner toddler is screaming for a drink or because he, or some pizza, maybe it's because you just need a little TLC because your day sucked. What is it that your toddler is really upset about? If you can uncover that, then you can soothe your inner toddler in a much more productive way. And that will lead you to raising a good inner kid with better manners and habits instead of a brat who's used to whining until you give in. 
Now, if all of a sudden I'm looking for a glass of wine around 6 p.m., I stop and figure out why. Is it because I've been working since I woke up and just need a break? If so, I find other ways to signal to my brain that's the end of the day and I get to relax. Sometimes it's making a nice mocktail in a fancy glass. Sometimes it's a long shower. Sometimes it's a walk. But I don't just reach for a drink or whatever that inner toddler is looking for anymore. When it comes to fearing failure, you must identify the fears. Again, you guys are going to hate me with the journaling thing, but don't fight me on this. If you can figure out one or two fears, just thinking about, I guarantee you can figure out 10 other fears you're dealing with just by writing it down. At least it works that way for me. If you've ever tried something like losing weight and you've let yourself down in the past, you must work extra hard to convince your brain that you're truly for real this time. I would recommend writing yourself a letter and making a promise. Tell your brain that you're so sorry for all the times you've broken your promises to it, but you're going to earn this trust back. Then list at least five things that you know you will follow through on just so your brain could start believing you again and you could prove this to yourself. Then write another letter a few weeks later telling your brain all the ways you've been gaining the trust back and all of the things you've done to follow through. Then offer a few more things you'll follow through with. Soon you'll start to rewire your subconscious to believe that you can actually get to your goals and not let yourself down. Now, a final word on all this. I just want to mention that sometimes there's just no big emotional subconscious, I need therapy reasons why we lose our way towards our goals. We are human after all, and there will be days we just say fuck it. And there's going to be days when someone else just pisses us off and we don't feel like silencing the inner toddler. There'll also be days where we just go on automatic pilot to an old habit And then there'll be times when we just don't feel like struggling to find something we can eat when we're at a dinner party or say no to a hostess. All of that's fine. If you're journaling, self-aware, and still have a good grasp on your big picture, then falling face first into a bag of barbecue potato chips is not the worst thing that could happen. Don't have shame about it. Don't beat yourself up. Pick up your goal and put that toddler back to sleep. Revisit your why and get back at it. So... Are you ready? I hope you've got some goals in mind. I I hope you're motivated. You've got this. Thank you for joining me. Please drop me a line about what some of your goals are and what you think some of your blocks might have been. See you next time. Bye. Hey, thanks so much for joining me. My goal is to help you dream bigger, find joy, and reach your goals. If you want to suggest a topic for the show or learn how you can bring me on as your very own personal life coach, then visit me at fabandflawed.com. That's F-A-B-A-N-D-F-L-A-W-E-D.com. Fabandflawed.com. I look forward to being a part of your journey and I thank you so much for being a part of mine.